Welcome to the One Rental at a Time podcast. This is your host, Michael Zuber. This is the show where we interview guests involved in the real estate business, from experts to newbies, wholesalers, flippers, buy and hold, apartments, commercial, notes, hard money, Airbnb, mobile homes. It doesn't matter. If you're involved in the business, we want to talk to you. This show relies on referrals and recommendations from our listeners. If you know someone we should talk to, please make a recommendation. As the author of One Rental at a Time, The Journey to Financial Freedom, I'm dedicated to helping you take your first or your next step on your real estate journey. But I need your help. We need to spread the message of One Rental at a Time Works. Please share this podcast, my YouTube channel, and of course, my book, all called One Rental at a Time. Thanks, and let's start the show. Hey, everyone. Uh, thanks for watching. I, I have another exciting interview today where we have a, uh, a newer investor that says, you know what, I, I have some questions for this guy. I've seen him talk at re- different, uh, different events, uh, including one we did specifically for Young Hustlers. And uh, uh, I have Scott with me. So, hi, Scott, uh, too. how are you? Hi, doing good, Michael. Thanks Excellent. for having me on the show. Oh, you're so very welcome. And, and thanks for reaching out and, and being open to just asking your hard questions and stuff you're interested in and allow me to record it. Because I think when we do these, uh, you know, it, it will help others. So um, why don't you just give a quick background on who you are, sort of how you're coming at this so that everybody knows kind of a frame of reference for you. And then you take over and you be the interviewer and I'll be the interviewee. Michael. Yes. Apologize about that. I, I, I think I'm going in and out with the connection again. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah. So my name's Scott Bleutu. I'm uh, here in Fresno, born and raised here, graduated from Buchanan High School. Um, I currently work for a nonprofit organization here, but I'm really interested in building some wealth or um, a future, um, just whether it be through um, flipping or, or buy and hold, but I'm more interested in buying and holding. Uh, some, a little bit of background. Uh, we used to own a commercial shopping center on the southeast side of Fresno, uh, which was awesome. That's something that my, my dad had built up for us. But unfortunately, a couple of years ago, we had sold that. And so what we uh, were receiving in passive income, it, it's kind of stopped. And so now uh, it, it, it's really up to myself to kind of build myself back up to that spot. And, and if, it, if nothing at all, at least have something to be able to pass on to kids if, uh, if I'm lucky enough to have children in the future. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Well, let's, let's get into it. That's, that's great. How do, how do you yeah. want us to start? All right. Uh, so, Michael, um, my first question is, um, uh, what would your initial advice as far as creating a team or network be? And uh, who should someone contact when first looking into real estate investing? Uh, for, for someone like myself, primarily looking to buy and hold? Great question. So um, I'll answer that sort of one of two ways uh, because one, there'll be one answer for, uh, I guess what I'll call long distance landlording, which is what I did for 15 years. And then because you're local, um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll answer that question differently. So first my side, for me, the number one imperative I had to figure out was property management. I knew since day one, given my small slivers of time, that not only did I have no interest, but I had no possibility of building any kind of real portfolio if I was going to be a bottleneck for property management. So my number one thing was, was to try to figure that out. And, and 
you know, we went through five or six teams. It was very hard, challenging. You have to be able to, you know, fire people and constantly look for improvement. And, and, and so that was mine. For someone that's local, uh, and you, your dad may have experienced this when he had that commercial areas, you have a choice to make, right? Are you going to do self-management or not? Uh, and my, at least my suggestion is if you really do have a full-time job and that's, you know, that's kind of your offense, right? That's what I talk about is, you know, your job is to be very good at that. Yeah. Don't, you know, sacrifice that ever for real estate investing. And in that case, it means you're still going to outsource property management. So perhaps property management would be a, a good first start. But without having anything, um, I would start to meet, um, I would actually set a goal of meeting five to 10 people in the real estate game uh, every week, whether that be realtors, whether that be inspectors, whether that be property managers. I don't think I would limit myself. If, if I was coming into this, looking to have a, a decade plus long career, I would spend the first year with a goal of meeting five new people a week. And if you did that, you'd meet 260 people a year and you would have an extreme Rolodex and very soon your, your Rolodex would be as large as mine. That's what I'd be doing if I was a new person is I don't think I would go by role. I would just set a goal of five people a week. And now let's be clear. I don't mean just meet them. I mean, get their email, get their business card, follow up with them once a month, right? Establish a relationship uh, yes. with, with five people a week. That, that would be my goal for you. Gotcha. That sounds good. Oh, that, that's a lot of people to meet too. <laughs> yeah, well, well, if it's too much, take it to two a week. Just some number. Do something though. Just don't do nothing. Right? Yes. <clears throat> gotcha. Okay. And uh, my second question, uh, you've mentioned uh, several times in the past about conservative financing mm -hmm. uh, in past videos. But what's one advice uh, you can give to folks who intend to utilize financing and how can they repeat and re-rinse to grow a small, small portfolio? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you got you to remember um, what I'm trying to do. A lot of the people that I look to and talk to have what I had 15 years ago, which was a very demanding full-time job. We're talking 60 plus hour weeks, likely travel several times a week. Uh, you know, they make a decent money. I won't, it's not that, but they just don't have any time. So what I'm trying to get them to focus on via conservative financing is low risk, nothing to worry about. Um, you know, they, and they can hold for the long term, right? Cause their, their constraint is time. Uh, you know, if, if, you know, if you're local and, and, and you have that going for you, the things to think about would be um, to do what we did, right? We bought our first property with 20% down, <clears throat> The market did what the market did. And then we went back and refinanced, right? Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our, so we, we, I talk about exiting 2008 with eight properties. We did all of that uh, with just uh, our, our capital of, of $40,000 and then letting time do what time does in real estate. And it raises the prices. We refinanced, we got a second loan uh, and we bought new stuff. So, you know, we got to that eight units because we bought one every six months we basically used our capital for the first three purchases, 20 grand, 10 grand, 10 grand. And then as time went by, right, as that second year came by, we refinanced the first one. We bought something. Then we, six months later, we refinanced the second one. And, and you just let financing do what it does. So um, gotcha. that's, that's what I would do. Don't let your capital sit idle uh, yeah. once you've proven it. Now, that said, never, never create an alligator, right? The mistake right. I made with our first property was I went back and refied it and took what the bank would give me as a maximum, um, which I didn't know any better, so I took it all. What I should have done is take about 10% less than that 
and create a, a slightly positive or maybe at best break even property. Instead, by taking it all, I created an alligator. So every month for the next couple of years, I had to feed that stupid house uh, yeah. from my income, uh, which yeah. I'll never do again. Um, so that's what I call an alligator property, something you have to feed every month, regardless of what happens. Uh, don't yeah. ever do that. That's just dumb because you're just betting on appreciation. Right. And a lot of people that go bankrupt betting on appreciation when market turns. Gotcha. Gotcha. That, that kind of leads me right into the next uh, converse, uh, question is that uh, you've mentioned, uh, of course, that a lot of new investors or pr pr prospective buyers are, are stuck around the idea of having to have 20% down to acquire property, right? And <clears throat> while there are other options available, they don't see that. Uh, but if we were to take into consideration a conservative financing, though, mm -hmm. wouldn't 20% be the minimum someone would want to put down? Well, yeah, certainly 20%. Yeah. Like if you use the word conservative, right, 20% yeah. is going to be it. You avoid PMI and all those extra fees. You don't have to slap a second on to higher interest rates. Yeah. But what I recommend, again, the people that have full-time jobs, have cash, and have no time, uh -huh. most of them I'm reckon, recommending 30 to 40%. Now, that um, goes against everything you read in books, right? Maximum leverage and do this and do right. that. But the people that I'm talking to, I'm trying to get them to four rentals. Uh, I want to give them low stress, easy cash flow. Uh, you know, if, then if you know stuff changes and they want to go bigger, yeah, refi those, take some cash out, buy some more stuff. But yeah. for them, it's it's just about getting to four. It's about taking, you know, I actually call I actually call a lot of them. They have a they have something I call crap, which is C R A P, which stands for being cash rich, asset poor, right? Take uh -huh. the first letters. Um, and I, I got to get people to understand that being crap, cash rich, asset poor is the worst thing to be. Your cash is worth less and less every week, every month, every year. Um, and you can't save your way to a comfortable retirement. You need to buy assets, assets that are tax advantaged, assets that are inflation protected. And if you can buy them with conservative financing so you can hold them forever, it's the best of both worlds. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, you know, for someone like you, 20% down is the right answer. For some of these guys I work with in the Valley, don't be afraid to do 30 or 40%. Some of the guys I work with that are over 50, I'm telling them to put 50% down because what they're doing is, is using a 15-year mortgage versus a 30-year mortgage. So, um, you know, lots of, lots of things to do and think about. Sorry about that. That's okay. You're good. <laughs> Connection's still going in and out a little you're, bit. So. You're fine. I'll go back and watch the video to, <laughs> to get everything that you said. So, okay. Uh, next question I'd like to ask about is you mentioned a lot about prior of ownership properties mm -hmm. and I've explained your reasons why previously, but uh, uh, what can someone who's looking into these type of properties buy and still have them profitable? What do they have to look at? Um, yeah. And uh, how do they find them? Oh, so, you know, A, you know, if you're following me, I don't put my stuff in the MLS. I don't have to. Yeah. You know, people just reach out to me. They send me an email. They'll call me. They text me. They reach out on social media, whatever. And they say, hey, add me to your list um, because I do, I don't know, 10 to 20 a year. So if people want these. They just reach out to me. Uh, I do think I'm pretty unique uh, in that I'm, I'm the only one creating these as rentals. There's lots of people flipping owner occupants. But mm -hmm. there's two problems there. One is uh, the price points are even higher because they're, they're selling to owner occupants and not landlords or renters. Um, and two, they're, they're sold vacant. 
both are mistakes. What I want to do is provide a completely remodeled two owner occupant standards unit and give it already leased at market, right? So when I sell something, the math is there. We don't have to guess what rents are going to be. We have a lease. It's signed. Here it is. All right. Mm -hmm. So you can do your math. Um, so I do think I'm pretty unique in that. I've never seen anybody else in Fresno focus on this, right? Beautiful, mm -hmm. fully turnkey with a tenant. Um, so at this point, uh, I have more demand than I have units, which is okay. But if people want them, they just reach out to me and say, hey, put me on the list. Uh, I get a couple a month and we just, we just keep rolling together. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice place to be because there's no, nobody else doing it. So uh, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Maybe you can add me to the list in the future. <laughs> I, it, all you got to do is tell me I have a list I'm looking at on the board. It's got five names on it. You'd be name number six. <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, next question. I, I, I just finished watching your, your video with Jay Helms. Uh, so, yes. you know, just with W2s, which is awesome. Uh, I think a lot of us folks actually fall into that, right? Yeah. And so let me ask you, um, if you could give one homework assignment to somebody who has a W2, but yeah. is a prospective uh, future real estate investor, what uh, would that be? Oh, I love that question. Nobody ever asks me about homework because <laughs> I'll give it to <laughs> no you. No one likes homework. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. got to be done. It's got to be done. I, what I would tell you to do is I, I would tell you to do this. Pick a zip code in the market that you like. You know, maybe it's 93728, maybe it's 93711, whatever it is for you, whatever, whatever zip code you like. And I want you to build a spreadsheet that has no less than 20 and up to 50 properties on it. And I want you to be able to, even if you just look at them online, if you're local, go drive them. But in, in the end, I want to see a spreadsheet ranked best deal to worst deal. And I want you to be able to tell somebody, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your next door neighbor, your cube mate, why deal number one is better than deal number five, why number five is better than number 10. The reason I want you to do this is because once you build that foundation, now every day when you look at the MLS, you could rank that next property against that foundation, right? The reason I can process the MLS faster than most people is I have an incredible foundation. I only look at the top 2% of the deals and I've seen thousands of them, most online, I'll be clear, but I've driven them, I'm owned enough, and I only now can look at a property and go, oh, that's probably in the top 2%. Add that to the list. Let's go, let's either make an offer or call the agent, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. New investors need to build a big foundation. I used to tell people 100 and people freaked out and never did it. Now I tell them 50 and still people freak out, whatever. So do at least 20. You know, if you can't do 20, don't do this business. Go do something else. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Cool, man. All right, so that, that's a good homework to do. Get on. Um, I guess my final and last question is, is what advice would you give to uh, um, new folks that are trying to uh, get into real estate investing and, and, and breaking the bubble of being tunnel vision of, of just looking at um, realtor.com uh -huh. or the MLS? Uh, I know we talk about networking and things like that, but you know, sometimes uh, folks don't, they, they get, uh, let's say they get turned off by having to go out and meet people all the yeah. time. So uh, what, what advice could you give folks like us to just get out there and do something? Well, well there's a couple of things. So, so I mean, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but uh -huh. the first 10 or 12 years of my career, I bought out of realtor.com. Everything, oh, okay. everything. Wow. I didn't start networking until after my first 10 years. Wow. Uh -huh. So, you know, you can be wildly successful, but you got to remember what the homework assignment was. 
I had looked at hundreds of properties online and I would only take action on the top 2%. Mm-hmm. So you know what? You only have the evenings and you can only look at Realtor or Zillow or Redfin or whatever the next one's going to be. Great. Yeah. Build your foundation, look at lots of stuff. So in January 15th, you could look at the, all the new listings and go, wow, that one's better than every other property I've seen. I should write an offer, right? Exactly. You can be wildly successful just using realtor.com. I'm proof. We, we did 10 years, mm-hmm. nothing but looking at realtor.com or like service and then calling the listing agent, right? We gotcha. went right through the listing agent. Mm-hmm. I'm a buyer. I saw your property on, you know, one, two, three main street. Uh, you, you got it listed at 145. I want to offer 131, you know, double in the commission. Let's make a deal. And sometimes they tell me to fuck off because the house is perfect. And yeah. then the other times they'd say, great, let's write up an offer and, and see what happens. So, um, awesome. yeah, it, it, you can, you can be successful. Now, if you're in your market, you mm-hmm. should go meet some people. You should go to the meetups. Yeah. You should meet some, you know, you should meet two people a week. Like we talked about and, you know, be a little, be, be comfortable being uncomfortable. It's, it's not yeah. that bad. Everybody in the real estate game, real estate's a people business. Sure. Um, you can only be so successful uh, looking at your computer screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that you know, we can all take from that. Got to kind of get out of that bubble, meet people, yeah. talk to people. Yeah. If you don't, then you may never find that deal or yeah. learn the next thing to do. So yeah. appreciate it, Michael. I, I think that pretty much sums up all my questions that I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, very cool. So let me, let me ask you a couple of questions that I have yeah. after listening to you. So um, I sort of understand where you've been. Uh, uh-huh. You have, I mean, have you already saved up uh, a down payment or, or a little money tucked away or you, are you still putting stuff away? Where, where are you at in that kind of process? Uh, well, we have some money. Uh, I have some money tucked away. Okay. Uh, still trying to build that, yeah. of course, but yeah. uh starting to reach out to folks such as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've reached out to a few folks that you've had in your uh, previous videos. Okay. So that kind of breaks the ice of things. 